There was one central theme to all of our events, and that was I was not the entertainment. The biggest thing that we we really need to look at is find out what people love to do and then provide it for them and then get the heck out of the way. You know, there was just one recently that was beer, bacon, and bourbon. Huge hit. Who doesn't like beer, bacon, and bourbon? You know, it's like, who who's not going yeah. to that? Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Belt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they learn navigating this ever-changing industry. So I'm here with Brenna Nath, the leader of Housing Wire's HW Plus and events business. Brenna, welcome. Hey. So we're going to talk about Housing Wire Annual for a minute. So I don't know if this event is for you. It's certainly not for everybody in our audience, but it is for the leaders of the housing industry. We have built Housing Wire Annual for mortgage banking, mortgage origination, capital markets, and real estate brokerage leaders. Brenna, give us a glimpse into what the leaders of our industry can expect at Housing Wire Annual. It's always great to know who else is going to be in the room, right? So, I mean, just this week, wrapped up a call with Ginger Wilcox, who is now the president of Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate. That's a great example of someone who's been across the housing, real estate, mortgage industry. Other great speakers include Baron Silverstein. He's the president over at New Res, Cindy Keith, chief strategy officer at NFM Lending, Alec Hansen, chief marketing officer at Loan Depot. I'm specifically saying their titles and the companies because I think that really lets you have a perspective of who are the peers in this space um, and really some of the biggest companies out there that you want to kind of mingle with. We're also bringing some of uh, the industry thought leaders and economics and data like Logan Motoshami and Mike Simonson, who are both part of our team at HW Media, and Sandra Thompson from the FHFA is also joining us. So like I said in the beginning, this event is not for everybody in the housing industry, but it is for the leaders who want to help define the future of mortgage and real estate. If you're interested, check out our website. It's October 10th at the Hyatt Lost Pines near Austin, Texas. Brenna, any other details? Uh, It's a great place to bring your family, I would say. But even if it's just your team or coworkers, this is a great spot to bring those people closest to you to either learn about the industry or spend extra time with your family and rest along with get the knowledge. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business, growth, trends, and strategies. I'm your host, Tracy Velt. I'm the Senior Director of Data and Content for HW Media, and today I'd like to welcome Mike Mayer. He's the CEO of ReferCo, and he also has a book out called The Seven Levels of Communication. He built a network that fed him and his business over 500 referrals a year when getting five referrals a year was the average or the norm, and he's going to share some of his secrets with us. So welcome, Michael. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, wow, brightest minds in the industry. And uh, that's uh, that's that's pretty high praise. I'd have to take it and say thank you. So, well, I want to talk a little bit about your company and kind of how you got started, how you built that network, to give our audience a little bit of background before we get into some of the specific takeaways. Yeah, so I got into real estate in the late 1990s, and I rapidly discovered that cold calling was not necessarily going to be my world and the do not call list and the fines that came with it. And I heard that if you called the wrong person, it'd be $10,000 in fines. So I didn't want to be a criminal. So I didn't, I didn't go down that path for just calling the wrong person. 
And then, you know, so I did some door knocking and everywhere I went, I saw signs that said no soliciting. And I had no idea what that meant at the time. Um, but uh, when people said, hey, no solicitors, and I thought that was like no spitting gum out on the sidewalk or something. But, but uh, you know, after getting the door shut in my face and, and finding out that solicitation and what it was and, and that um, that was a crime as well, I thought, well, maybe I won't do that. And also at that time, they were starting to do it where you had to get permits to solicit certain neighborhoods in Kansas City. And I didn't want to have to go through, you know, all of that. And most of them were getting turned down. And then, you know, I thought about, hey, listen, I'll just email people, you know, and I and I would email a lot of people. And then I got it back and everybody was saying, you're a freaking spammer. Don't ever spam me again. So, you know, I could be a criminal, I could be a solicitor, or I could be a spammer. And I was like, man, I didn't like the sound of any of those. So I I kept working at it. I finally got a client for my softball team, literally a guy who chose me as his realtor because I was on the same softball team. Had nothing to do with my expertise, my competence, anything. He just took one for the team, literally and figuratively. And so we went and looked at homes and I ended up getting him into a, into a home. And one thing that softball players like to do is we like to party. Uh, so when he bought his home, we had a housewarming party for his, him and his wife. And I invited 20 neighbors. We invited all the softball players and we ended up having like 45 people at this housewarming party. And I got 11 referrals at that housewarming party. My very first client, very first housewarming party. And all of a sudden I had 11 pieces of business and 11 things to talk about. And then Vanessa, uh, Davey's wife, his, her parents wanted to sell. So I, I got a, a, a literally a direct uh, sale from that. So we sold them, got them in their new house and we were off and running very quickly. And I, I just discovered that, um, man, I'm not the sharpest tool in the drawer, obviously by what I just said there, but I'm, I'm smart enough to know that this, this felt a lot better and this was a lot more productive. So I went down, I went down the repeat and referral path at a hundred and, you know, at a hundred percent. And that blossomed into other events and other things that we did. The house ring parties led to more clients and more clients, um, you know, to the point where we were doing, you know, my first year I did 37 transactions. Second year I did 87. Third year I did 187. Fourth year, 205. And fifth year, 255 transactions. I mean, that's kind of how I got started. <laughs> Great. And um, so you talk about event marketing, and that's pretty much the only marketing you did, correct? Was having these events? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it it was it was a mixture of networking and and the events. And networking is just another form form of events. Um, it was it was really, you know, a three pronged attack, which I even teach to this day, which is you know the self mastery, which is you know being high character, being highly competent, and being a great communicator. Or if, if you can't be a great communicator, be someone who could be claimed to be over communicator, right? There's no such thing as over communication. So try to do that. So character, competence, and communication. And then the relationship mastery is, is one-to-one. So I really mastered the one-to-one aspects of relationship building and business building, which were listing presentations, buyer consultations, and networking one-to-ones. And a lot of those one-to-ones led to one-to-many. And my one-to-many strategy is, I think, 
the thing that's very unique to the marketplace is, is the event mastery. And, and that was my one to many type of aspect. And, and all roads led to events in some way. And I've always, I always thought, you know, if I have a follow-up to an event, it needs to be an event. And if I have a one-to-one, a person I like, I want to invite them to an event because at the event, all these people are going to talk great about me to that one person, and they're going to be converted to being an, being an ambassador. And what's funny about all of this is, is I'm a huge introvert. You know, you and I have never met before. And think about how many interactions you and I have had in the real estate industry. And, and we just met like, you know, a month or two ago. So, you know, I'm an introvert. I, I'd much rather, you know, stay home and stay, you know, a wallflower type of personality. But what I discovered is that, okay, I don't want to speak highly about myself, but I need people to speak highly about me. So I had parties. Well, who goes to parties? Extroverts. What do they do? They talk. And what do they talk about? Well, if you have the party, they talk about you. And it's like, how do you know Michael? And, you know, isn't Michael great? And, and uh, they were definitely good for my ego. So, you know, and I found out a really good place to hide is at an event because they're all talking to each other and distracted by other people. And I, you know, I'd be over there like, you know, standing by myself or talking to two or three people. So that's, you know, if you're an extrovert, you love what we teach because we teach you to do events and parties. If you're an introvert, you have to do what we teach because you're not going to promote yourself. You're not going to talk and, and get out enough. You need people who are going to work for you. They need to be extroverts working for you. Unpaid salespeople, essentially. Yeah. I mean, as an introvert, and it, it is funny that the event marketing strategy was the strategy that worked best for you. And I think that um, a lot of our listeners would want some real key takeaways, like what types of events were you throwing? And, you know, maybe what are some of the best practices that you've learned over the years um, that get them talking about you, even if you're back in the corner, only talking to a couple people? Well, you know, the event is a talk about, I believe that you need talk abouts. And these are things that uh, people are willing to talk about. And it kind of goes back to a little bit of marketing and branding where like our, our sales system for selling homes, we branded it the smooth selling system. And that's S E L L I N G not S A I F. but we used a sailboat. Our pre-listing packet was a compass kit. Um, and it was in a beautiful box. Well, you know, the way that we sold through that, it was very, it was a talk about, it was different than, than what a lot of people are, especially there's no oceans near Kansas city. So it was, it even stood out even, even more, you know, and then every home that we listed, we made it a certified wise home. And, and the wise was an acronym, which what stood for warranted. So we put a warranty on the seller's home without having the buyer having to buy it. We pre-inspected the I is for inspected and we staged for the S and we staged the home very formally and, and decluttered and, and made it look like a million bucks. We, we put soft jazz on all the radios. So every one of our listings sounded the same. And then we used ocean breeze for breeze and ocean breeze, like essential oil d- diffusers in the homes. So all of our homes smelled the same. And, um, and then the, the E in the certified wise home program is for evaluate. We would have our homes pre-appraised. So we would have our appraisal come out, look at them. And then I would do 
a appraisal and then the the seller had their opinion and we would we would converge those three to come up with the pricing and if the appraisal worked out in our favor which it did most of the time it would be in a certified wise home three ring binder in the home for everybody to look at they would see the inspection they would see the 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 appraisal they see what we did for staging and um we sold homes very very quickly and got a you know people would talk about the smells of our home. You know, they would talk about the song, the the music in our homes and the presentation of our homes. So having talkabouts were critical, but the, the talkabouts that I had the most control over were events. You know, we, 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 you know, the house ring parties were a huge talkabout and, you know, the house ring parties were, were fantastic. And then we would have three client appreciation or what I called, you know, friends and family events a year. And those became talkabouts. And, you know, you talk about like what, what are the best kind of events to have? And the best kind of events to have are what do your friends and family like to do? If they like to bowl, have a bowling event. Like a lot of mine were sports fans. So we did a Royals day where, you know, we would have a, you know, 250 people go to the Royals game together. We do barbecue before the game and then, and then go to the game. And, there was one central theme to all of our events. And that was, I was not the entertainment. Like, I think the biggest thing that we we really need to look at is that find out what people love to do and then provide it for them and then get the heck out of the way. You know, people do like alcohol. They like beer, they like wine, they like bourbon. So, you know, we have a lot of clients and we have a lot of people that I've helped train through events that they do, you know, there was just one recently that was beer, bacon, and bourbon. Huge hit. Who doesn't like beer, bacon, and bourbon? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, who who's not going yeah. to that? Um, you know, so I think I I think finding out what what your your sphere really loves to do and 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 maybe doesn't have time to go do it. Like top golf comes, you know, and it's hot, it's new, and it's like, all right, no, nobody's really done that yet. Let's have a party at Top Golf, and I think that's the that's the genesis behind all of this. Is is that it's fun prospecting? You know, just just have fun. You're going to have fun at the event. Your friends are going to have fun, but they also know you're in real estate or you're in lending or you're, whatever you do. And um, guess what? They want to return the value when you provide the value like that. And we have to just teach our sphere that the best way to, to reciprocate the best way to give value back is through the form of referrals. And, and we were, I was very good and continue to be very good that delivering that message that, Hey, listen, just, just send your friends our way and we'll take care of them. And, and everybody wins because our network gets bigger and your friend gets really great, competent service and probably sells their home faster or, or buys a really good deal. So I I could just hear it now. I can hear people saying, well, that's great, but it costs too much money and I have no listings and there's no business out there right now. So what do you say to that? <laughs> well, there are listings out there right now. So I, I would say that, right? Mm-hmm. You, you look around and guess what? Homes are selling. Um, and I think the, the flip side of it too is that you, you've always got to be looking ahead. Maybe there's not any home. Maybe there, it's a zero in MLS today. Maybe it's a zero in MLS tomorrow. But it's not going to be an MLS forever or zero in MLS forever. So, you know, is is preparing that. And and the thing about events is is we have a system, a referral system at the events that allows people that are looking to possibly sell down the road or buy down the road or invest down the road. 
they will let us know that. And they, they can do it in a very awesome way and not an awkward way. An awkward way is if I ask, like, you know, Tracy, are you looking to sell your home anytime recently? And you're like, uh, no, right? Or, you know, who do you know that's looking to buy or sell or invest in real estate? And it's like you're, you're on the spot and you feel very awkward and you feel like you got to fill the space with something. And, you know, everything I do is is based on making people feel awesome, not making people feel awkward. So, you know, they're, when they fill out a piece of paper and it says, you know, out of all the people you know, who's the next person to be buying, selling, or investing in real estate? And, and me is one of the answers. And then it's also, you you give them blanks for other people they're they're at they're at ease they're at you know they can put nobody and not feel bad about it um but a lot of people do put people in that in that format because it just feels less of a commitment it feels less of a um you know less stringent i guess so the nice thing about that is is that we find out about people before their listing and and events can really do that for you. Here's the other thing is as far as I know, nobody's going to pay you to prospect no matter how you do it. So if you cold call, nobody's paying you to call. Nobody's paying you to call expireds. Nobody's calling you to call your leads off PPC or Facebook ads. Nobody, but guess what? People will pay you to throw events. People will partner with you to pay, to, to do events. So, and I mean, it, and I'm not just talking mortgage title, CP, you know, finance, I'm talking new car dealerships, car, uh, Jiffy Lube, you know, Chick-fil-A, like there are a lot of people who want to get in front of your people and they understand sponsoring events. The other part of this too, that's beautiful is that because we have a referral system, we don't just generate referrals for us. On that door prize entry form or registration form, there are questions that generate leads for the sponsors. And we don't call them sponsors, we call them partners. So, you know, if you and I partner on an event, a lot of times when you think a sponsor, you think I'm going to give you a thousand bucks and I get a booth and I got to generate everything. I got to be full of energy. I got to, well, guess what? You don't have to do any of that. You can just be happy and fun and free and mingle and be you. We're going to do all the lead generation for you. And then at the end of the event, I give you 20 leads, 20 referrals from people we know. Are you going to sponsor the next event? The answer is 100% yes. And, and so, you know, I believe that we have a system that is the only system that you can make money making money and it's legal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really great. And um, if I want to kind of move into your book a little bit, because I think that was really interesting, kind of the seven levels of communication and how it relates to today's market and, and today, you know, what what real estate agents can be doing today to drive their business forward. So talk to me, give me a high level view of um, your seven levels and how that has the potential to impact an agent's business. Yeah. So I essentially wrote seven levels because there was no book that really talked about relationship mastery, right? There, there's books on self-mastery all over the place. And there are some books out there for event mastery and experiential marketing, event marketing, but there was really nothing in there for that one-to-one space, like maximizing one-to-ones. So that's that's essentially why I wrote it is because I, I read 2,500 books and there was a gap there. So 
you know, at the bottom of the seven level, the seven levels very quickly, advertising, direct mail, and electronic communication are the bottom three levels. And we know those are the worst forms of communication. It's very costly. Nobody reads them. Um, it's really hard to stand out. Um, you know, the, the open rate for emails is very low. And guess what? If you want an even less open rate, send a mail. That's even less. And if you want even less open rate, do an ad, you know. So I call those the influential zone. Um, they're great in support of the top four levels. The number one support level is the middle level, which is handwritten notes, which surprises a lot of people that, oh my gosh, it's its, it's own level of communication. It is on its own level. How would you like a marketing piece that you sent? It for sure got opened, first of all. Number two is they for sure read it. And number three, what if they kept it forever? That That is what a handwritten note can do for you. It, it can move people to action. Um, it's the greatest follow-up piece of communication. I believe it's the most powerful marketing piece that can leave an office on a daily basis. I truly, I write a handwritten note every day. Every day mm-hmm. at 1 p.m., I drink a bang, which is my <laughs> own personal vice. Like I call it a bad habit. Well, if I have a bad habit, I need to counter it with a good habit. So my good habit is I drink the bang, I write a handwritten note, a power note. So, and then the top three levels are where money's made. Honestly, I mean, if we're in sales, we need to spend it in the influential zone, which are the top three levels. And the top three levels are phone calls, events and seminars. There we are again, right? Events, seminars, and workshops. And at the very top level, the highest level of communication is one-on-one or one-to-one. And we all know that if we're one-to-one with someone in a conversation, that entirely converse, that entire conversation would be different if there was just one more person in that conversation. One-to-one is the most powerful form of conversation there is, and it is the top level of communication. And those three are the influential zone and, and what we really try to teach and, and provide and that I lived is try to live and work in the influential zone as, as much as you can. And, you know, I truly believe we're seeing, you know, we're in the industrial age and then, you know, we we're kind of in that information age. Well, I truly believe the next age and we're in the cusp of it right now. We're in the, is the influential age. Like we need to seek to be more influential, not more informational. Who cares? I mean, we're on information overload as it is, but we don't need to be more industrial. We don't need to be more informative. We, we, and, and I think a lot of agents, are in the informative. They send a weekly or a monthly uh, market update to their database. Well, snore, like that's not getting any results. We need to be in that influential zone of, of making phone calls. Yes, millennials, even you. And we need to, you know, and I would put text messaging in electronic communication. So it's actually a couple of levels below the phone call. Um, but we need to be doing the events. We need to be doing the phone calls. And we need to be doing the one-to-ones. So the I was just at a real estate conference and um, it was actually an RE bar camp. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but Love those, yeah, yeah, it was spontaneous great. city, right? Yeah, spontaneous. <laughs> That's right. And one of the things that um, just got at one point discussed over and over again was, what do I say to my spirit? Like, how mm-hmm. do I get those one-on-one conversations? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can tell from my experience, there's an agent here in my town who I know my kids went to school with, and he has his assistant calling me 
saying, Hey, uh, do you, are you looking you know, don't, do you know anybody who wants to sell a home? And I'm like, no, I, I'm not even going to like talk to you because I know who you're calling for and he needs to be calling me himself mm-hmm. and he needs to be just make building a relationship with me, That's right. not just calling me, asking me for business. That's so right. people are really confused. Like how do, what do I talk about? Like, you know, it's cause it's awkward. Like what, what advice do you have for that? Especially as an introvert, like how do you get there? Well, I love the question because as you, I mean, cause that's the age old question of, you know, what do we contact the database about? Like, what do we say? Well, I want you to, to notice what doing three events a year does for me in these conversations. So, you know, I do the events once every four months. So what am I doing the two months before the event? I'm inviting. That's all I'm doing. Hey, listen, I, I haven't got your confirmation. Are you in? You know, are you? Are, and if they RSVP, I call them and say, hey, listen, we've got you confirmed. Do you want to bring a friend or whatever it may be? Right. And so the the communication is all event based. So I'm calling for, and by the way, in the very beginning, I'm calling to say, hey, I'm thinking about doing these two or three different events. Which event sounds like the one that you would most like to go to? And, you know, Toral Schofer White in Washington did this. And she was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a, a beer event, a coffee event, like a afternoon coffee or a wine event. Well, she discovered that like 33% like the beer, 33% like the coffee and about 33% like the wine. So she did a bistro that has all three. So now you call um, them all back and go, I took your idea We're we're having an event where it has beer, right? Uh, for the person that said beer. And so you're calling back the people that you got their suggestion and, and in, inviting them formally. And then notice that your, your date, your, um, your handwritten notes could be invitations, your direct mail. Now they're invitations instead of flyers or worthless. Right. And, and then, you know, your, your texting is now either RSVP or confirmation. So you invite, 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 and then you confirm, confirm, confirm. And then you have your event, which is another, you know, great communication. And then the month after the event is all follow-up from the event. So you're calling all the people that attended and say, hey, thanks. I really appreciate it. I'm glad you came and that kind of thing. And, you know, with the way we run the events is we have an RSVP form that could get us referrals. We have the door prize entry form that could get us referrals. And we have a follow-up survey that could get us referrals. So we have a lot of opportunities there for referrals. Well, once they refer us, what we talk about is really easy. We're going to be talking and giving updates on those referrals. Well, notice that I'm following up from a previous event. What do I have coming? I've got another event. So the follow-up thank you is also an invitation to the event that's coming up in a couple of months. So all of the communication is solved for the year because it's all invitation-based. And and everything I do is attract. I don't chase anything. I don't chase anyone. It's, it's all attraction-based, not chase-based. And I've discovered if people are moving towards you, you're more likely to both get what you want. And so an invitation, by definition, is attractive. It's attractive. It's it, in vete, right? Vital signs is your heart and vital signs are how you live. Vital, right, is life. And that's in vetation 
is I want you in my life. By definition, an invitation is 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 attractive. So always be inviting, always be confirming, always be following up. And, you know, it it's uh it solves the problem of what to say. It solves the problem of frequency, consistency, and you know. We don't talk about real estate at all until they want to talk about real estate. And you know what happens when you're in flow and you're in communication with your database? They want to talk real estate when they're ready to talk real estate. And they'll talk to you because you have this open line of communication with your with your database. Yeah. And how do you send those invitations? Do you do like a, a paperless post or anything or do you do a handwritten one every time? Or No, I love the question. So here's the thing is, is you want to do a, you want to have an invitation created no matter what. One reason is because you want the sponsor partner's logos on the invitation. So you have the invitation. Now, if you never print that off, that's okay, but you could do evite and use your, you know, your Canva invitation, or you could use Eventbrite. You got to be careful with Eventbrite. They, they do, they can make your event public, which, you know, you don't necessarily want if you're paying for, you don't want to pay for strangers necessarily coming to your event. Um, and then, you know, people use paperless posts. They use Greenvelope. It, it honestly doesn't matter. But you do want to create because you're going to use social media. If you've got a Facebook group, you're going to put the invitation in there. Um, but one of the things about an invitation that I love, we, you and I both have a, like a marketing background. What it t- people typically make the mistake of with a flyer or a brochure is there's no call to action. Well, when you throw away, I'm never going to do a flyer. I'm never going to do a brochure. Most of them are ego-based anyway. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do invitations, like an open house. I'm no longer going to do an open house flyer that, that puts the house on there. No, it is a personal invitation to a private, confidential, one to one showing of that home, which is what we want anyway. So that's what that that open house invitation would look like versus an open house flyer. So the nice thing about an invitation is RSVP is built into the into the the whole thought of an invitation. We have to have a call to action, which is RSVP ASAP, and they text you, they call you, they email you, they reply. What, however, the mode of the communication is. Okay, that's interesting. Um, I we're, we're running out of time, so I want to get into a couple more personal uh, questions for you. So, oh, um, personal questions. Yep, personal questions. So, what I what I always this is kind of a standard question for my podcast is what was your aha moment, your most memorable one? I would say um, that kind of made you realize, oh wait, I need to stop doing this. I need to start doing this. I need to switch directions. Whatever it was, what was that for you? Wow. Um, do you mean in the real estate business or in life? It could be either. Yeah. So one big one in life was, um, Howard Brinton interviewed me for the star power. Uh, and I was January's 2005 model. Um, and I, I say model because I've always wanted to be a cover model. Um, never had the looks for it, but always wanted to be it. And, and so he interviewed me, that thing went out to a hundred thousand people. And I, I would always give, like I gave him the house ring party system. I would give him the networking stack and the home court advantage system. I would give him the system, but I was giving them an answer instead of like the answer to, to the referral mastery system. And so I was always like, I need to write a book just so I can like go read it, get all the answers. 
So I was like every other person who needed to write a book. I didn't write a book. And then on December 13th, 2007, I had knee surgery. And a few days later, I checked into the emergency room with a really a uh, couple bad pains in my in my rib area. And it, the morning of December 18th, 2007, I flatlined. Um, I actually flatlined for 37 seconds. Um, I had blood clots. I had seven. You know, I'm an overachiever in every regard, <laughs> I guess. Um, I had three that went into each lung and I had one that passed through my heart. Um, luckily I was at the hospital, they resuscitated me, they put in a temporary pacemaker and that night in ICU, I outlined, literally I drew the pyramid that is in the seven levels of communication. And I outlined, you know, that, and you know, when I, when I came to, and, and when she was like, well, we about lost you there, you know, stay awake, stay with me. You know, I, I was very, I was tearful, um, very emotional moment. Um, number two is, is I didn't have children at the time. And I was like, you know, I was always ambivalent. They were going to get in the way of success and real estate, you know, and I wanted a kid at that moment. And then I, I just thought, you know, this system that I've got and built almost died on the table right here with me. And after they put in the temporary pacemaker and put me in ICU and, uh, you know, we delivered the news to my wife and that kind of thing. Um, I, I started working on the book and, and, you know, that, that book has changed my life and it changed a lot of people's lives and, and it almost died there on the table. And, you know, that, that was a very pivotal moment. And then I, then I moved because of the book. I I was living in Kansas city, doing a lot of real estate and I was finding more joy in, in teaching real estate agents and other people about the seven levels of communication. So I moved to Atlanta to, um, fly, right? Because of the airport, Delta is direct everywhere here. Um, and so that, I mean, what a pivotal moment in, in my life, whereas, you know, it changed my entire life is the book led to the speaking engagements. And that led us to living here in, in, you know, Atlanta, Georgia area. And, and the opportunities for my son have been, have been incredible. It's been a great move for us. Yeah, what a powerful story. I mean, you know, that that type of an event surely makes you look at your life like, okay, wait a second, <laughs> I got to take another look at this. Um, yeah, definitely. And so where do you look for inspiration and motivation now? Do you, Are there any particular books you're reading right now? Any podcasts you listen to? Any, I mean, a, a lot of, obviously, I'm sure you look to other people for inspiration as well, whether it's your wife or your son or, you know, but, um, you know, what, tell me a little bit about where you're finding that. Well, it's interesting. I'm actually teaching a class called Energy Mastery Class right now. At, and I have a thing called Referral Mastery Academy. And the class this month ha- happens to be Energy Mastery Class. And, and it's an acronym. Whispers is the, is the eight sessions and the eight things I talk about. The I is inspirations. So I just taught that earlier this week, interestingly enough. So... I will say, I mean, first of all, is the number one thing that motivates me is is when one of the people who hears something in the referral mastery system and implements, like I have referrals podcast and we're on episode 302, 303, something like that. Well, who do I interview on that? I typically interview my the clients or the people who are, imp- I am so intrigued by implementers and implementation, people who take action 
um, because I truly believe that's the difference between the average and and the 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 achiever is is the achiever takes action even if it's imperfect action, um, and so I love that 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 is that inspires me every single day. I read like a bandit. I read you know ten to twelve books a month, and I I devour books, and sometimes I read the same book ten times in a month. I you know I've read How to Win Friends and Influence People over twenty times. You know, um, still learn a lot. And then, yeah, my son and my wife inspire me every single day. Like the number, I one of the things that we that I told the class. All right, you got to do ten things that inspire you. And everybody made their list. I mean, we we're in tears. It was amazing. Well, number one on my list is hugs from my wife and kid. That is the number. I mean, you want to be inspired? Go hug a loved one. Just hug them tight for twenty seconds, and just you know, I'm gonna hug you know, I'm going to hug people. So it's, 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 uh, it's, and, and I'm an introvert, you know, but it is one of those where, you know, I I saw this graphic recently where it's like, I'm going to hug you so tight. All the pieces go back together. You know, that's what I was like, you know, when my wife hugs me, she puts all my pieces back together. Well, that was the hardest part of the pandemic for a lot of people is that they, you know, couldn't hug their loved ones or couldn't be with their loved ones. So, so yeah. Well, I've seen people in general, like the databases. The nice thing about what I do is I don't only get a finger on the pulse for real estate agents and lenders. I get it for the consumer. The consumer has transformed in the last six to nine months. For for two years, they were caged and enraged. Look how divisive social media was and still is a little bit. But they were caged and enraged. They just, I mean, it, you know, you cage someone, they, they, they're going to get mad they gonna, and they start spouting off the strangers. Well, the consumer's changing. They're transforming to uncaged and engaged. So they've gone from enraged to now they want to engage. They want to get together. Our, the events, the live events that our clients are doing are full of more energy than they've ever been before, even pre 2020, the energy and the, like people are so appreciative of them having the event so they can get together. And it's, it's been, uh, it's been amazing to, to watch as, you know, we've kind of been there to help that transformation and help that transition uh, kind of take place. And I will tell you the more people engage, the less enraged they'll be. Yeah. You know, it, it, it just, uh, you know, it's really hard to tell someone off in person. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, most things that people type on social media, they'd never say if they were in the same room as the person. You no, know? absolutely. All right. My final question is just what is your, you know, final takeaway for for agents in today's market? Um, you know what? Just maybe some something to inspire them, motivate them, offer them hope in a, in a you know, a tough market. Yeah. yeah. So I think the big thing is, is, is create daily habits around things that you know work, right? I think that's the, I, 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 I mean, I think that frequency and consistency, right? It's, it's just your frequency needs to be daily and you need to be consistent around something. For me, it was, you know, it was events, it was phone calls, it was one-to-ones and, and that worked for me. I think, I think anything in real estate, will be, you can be successful with it if you're frequent and consistent with it. And, and I would top that off with, if you are demanded to be frequent and consistent with something, make it fun, make it enjoyable. 
if if you don't enjoy doing expired calls, then freaking don't do them. Why would you? There's other ways to get business. Why wouldn't you call friends and family first? You know, I I, I just shake my head. But it, it's one of those where, you know, that's what I, I love about what we teach is it's funprospecting.com. Literally, it's fun prospecting and fun lead generation. And, and we're, we're helping others have fun. We're having fun. And what's really fun is when you go through the sheets at the end and you've got 20 referrals from your friends and family. And, and now you've got all the beautiful follow up that, that comes from that. So I think find something you love to do. Find something that's fun. And, you know, master it. Mastery is the key. Mastery is my license plate. That's my word for life is, is find something and, and master it. The only way to master it is frequency and consistency. And, you know, I don't think it even takes 10,000 hours like Malcolm Gladwell, you know, says in, in Blink and I think are outliers. And it's just uh, I think that's I, I, I feel like that's such mundane, boring advice, but it's the truth right? It's the one degree tweak policy. Just make a one degree tweak each and every day. Don't try to do an overhaul Great and, advice. and just keep making one degree tweaks each and every day and, and uh, see what happens. So Tracy, I have to say before, I mean, these were awesome questions and an awesome conversation. You are an awesome interviewer and conversationalist. I just have to put that out there. And if, for those of you, you need to, to subscribe to real trending uh, podcast, just like I do. And, and, uh, <laughs> Well, so. you make my job easy. So thank you. I, I really appreciate it. We talked for what, over an hour, I think, at the EXP conference. And um, I could keep chatting with you now. So um, I, I really appreciate all your insights and joining me on the Real Trending Podcast. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.